0: Fintech Australia and Tier 1 people present the 2022 People's Choice Awards. The Finneys Award, where the Australian fintech community gets to decide the winner. Make sure to join us on the 23rd of June 2022 in Melbourne for the industry's most prestigious awards event. Now, here are a few words from one of this year's finalists.
1: Uh, my name's Tony Nelson. I'm the head of sales at Frankie One. For those of you who don't know Frankie One, we are a single connection to the global identity and fraud ecosystem.
0: Frankie One are finalists for People's Choice FinTech Organization of the Year 2022. Congratulations, Tony, on making it to the People's Choice Award Finals. This is the award that the fintech community gets to decide. How is everybody feeling at Frankie one for making it this far?
1: Oh, thanks so much, Dexter. Uh, Yeah, really excited. I think we feel very fortunate, actually. Uh, We've had uh, an incredible journey over the last three years, and we're really hitting an inflection point of growth that we think is really exciting. And it is so uh, wonderful to see the company that we're in as well. And some of the businesses, you know, great businesses who are great friends of ours and sometimes great customers uh, to also make the finalists of the Finneys. So it is very exciting. And I do hope that um, nothing bad happens and we can con- we can have a party in real life this year. <laughs> so that's very exciting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I oh, to tell me about it. It's been the last two years now where I get to this time and the flights get cancelled and <laughs> I bought the I bought the dinner jacket and I'm never gonna get to wear
1: it. <laughs> There'll be a lot of people who are pretty excited to rub shoulders again. And certainly will
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um well you, you gave in the intro there a little bit about the big problem that you solved.
1: Um, Thanks so much, Dexter. There's so much great innovation uh, in the identity and fraud space that we do three things. We bring it all together um, so you can access everything through one API. We give you a smart orchestration layer so you can personalize your customer journeys. And the third thing is you have a single view of your customer. (laughs) I mean, the the Genesis story is probably the most pertinent one. Frankie One was uh, born out of a pivot actually, where Frankie Financial was the original business and Simon and Aaron, our co-founders, wanted to build a neobank. And this is about five years ago. And Aaron has a lot of experience building payments platforms in Asia. Um, If you've ever bought an in-game purchase from a a game across Asia, you've probably used his platform. Uh, Simon was a serial entrepreneur and had two successful exits and they came together and wanted to build a neobank. And in kind of classic startup form, um, they found it fascinating that it was actually really hard to onboard a single customer because you had to do a KYC or a know your customer check and make sure this was a customer that you wanted. Um, And what they found as well is that this was a challenge all around the world. And I think that there's a bit of a perception that fintech historically hasn't scaled very well. I think the disruption in this space is so interesting because, It's hard to be an international fintech because financial services legislation is often quite local. Yeah, And equally, a lot of these businesses are disrupting kind of an incumbent vertical proposition, right, where you can take out just a sliver of that vertical proposition and do it much better. And we're kind of doing both of those things. We're taking out the sliver and we're doing it better in 48 countries. And so... um, when we found it was difficult to onboard a customer, we thought that we'd found a real uh, business problem. And what's interesting now is when we talk to customers and investors three years on, is that they say that they get really excited by seeing us uh, in what we're trying to do. And they they refer to it as building foundational infrastructure that solves important business problems. Yeah. But Interestingly, we do it both on the top line and the bottom line. So with the top line, we get more pass rates um, through some features in the system, which means you can check multiple data sources which and you're not um, beholden to an incumbent data provider when they go down. So ha- get more customers on board, so more bang for your buck from marketing money, but also lower your uh, cost structure and improve your bottom line because you're doing less manual integration work. And so we bring those two things to our customers. And I think that that's really relevant, particularly if you look at inflation Around the world at the moment, I think there'll be a lot of companies that will index on both growing their top line revenue while reducing their cost.
0: Cool. And so, typically, who who are your customers, Tony?
1: Yeah. So um, we've uh, it's get it's pretty exciting every week here at Frankie. Um, we're winning some uh, some really fantastic customers, and uh, typically, we're really attractive to the top end of town. So you sort of your large incumbent banks. Um, we have three of the big four in Australia, and they love us because of the simplicity of integration and the access they get to multiple data sources. So for them, it's there's a uh, it reduces complexity, complexity also in you know integration and contracting and 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 purchase negotiation. Um, startups love us because we are international from day one, and so if they're thinking about scaling internationally, they can turn on new countries really quickly. Mm-hmm. And um digital first businesses that work in very competitive environments like you buy now pay later and the crypto exchanges, yeah, they love us because we offer a better onboarding journey. with less manual steps and I think expectations of that digital onboarding are so much higher these days. If you get blocked in an onboarding journey, you're not waiting. Mm. You move to another, like in in a highly competitive industry, marketing spend matters and so those digital businesses um, that operate in disrupting some traditional spaces really love us. So, we've got, um, you know, today about 50% of our revenue comes from international companies (coughs) Uh, international customers. We've got you know cr- a bunch of case studies on the website, um, and we're moving reasonably quickly with some of the biggest uh, crypto exchanges in the world. So I think there's a really interesting Web three element of our business now.
0: Awesome. Um, now you can you have touched on this a little bit, Tony, but I wanted to ask you directly. It's a very competitive space, um, fraud and KYC. How? How have you differentiated from the competition? I mean, it's just incredible, you know, the the logos and the businesses that you're working with across that many countries. But how have you differentiated yourself to get there from not even five years to now be where you are?
1: I mean, the product's excellent, but what I would say is that – And actually, we've won the large majority of those logos without a single sales or marketing person. So me as head of sales, I'm now (laughs) building the team. Um, But it's a real testament to the the product team about uh, the product market fit and just how compelling the product is. Um, So we, I, I think, I think competition is a sincere form of flattery, as they say. And it's interesting that there wasn't really a lot of competition for us, and so. It was difficult for us to talk to customers sometimes about the reality of Frankie because they couldn't compare it to anything. They're like, right. oh, that's that's new. That's interesting. We haven't seen that before. And so it's funny because if you can compare yourself to someone, then it's, it's almost more validating than yeah. around the opportunity. So I don't really see anyone, and we've done a reasonable amount of um, research in this space, anyone who's doing this internationally the way yeah. we have. And that was a very deliberate decision from day one where – We've gone to the effort of integrating to um, over 350 data vendors and sources in 48 countries. Mm. So there's a, a business that's a couple of years ahead of us in the US called Alloy. If you've ever worked in the US, each state is like a country Kind of same for Europe, right? Each yeah. country, each country has—they're not really part of the, the union. There's, there's not a lot of union. There's a lot of country, um, parochial dynamics, and so working in the US is complex. So fifty states, fifty different integrations, often to business registries. So Alloy are probably the easiest comparable to make. They're a couple of years ahead of us, and I think they're approaching their Series D.
0: Now we've talked about some of the. Kind of epic growth that you've had over this last twelve months, bringing on some major clients now in forty-eight countries. What are you? What are the plans for for future growth and kind of where where you know, where are you at investment round and and what kind of platform is that giving you for for further growth, Tony?
1: Yeah, so I kind of alluded to the fact before that we think economically we're facing some headwinds globally. Yeah. Uh, you see that through inflation rates in the U.S. and Australia, and so we're at a very fortunate position where we have actually just raised some money, um, which was a uh, initiated by our investors. Um, it's a it's a really exciting round, and we'll be able to announce it in more detail probably in about six weeks. So, um, awesome. Watch this space. Um, so we feel really fortunate that yeah. we got ahead of that that and that we're in a a really strong position. Uh, Certainly, you know, I sort of alluded to the fact that I'm reasonably new to to Frankie One, but I did do my due diligence before I started around will I back my career in this space Mm. with this company? And what was super interesting to me was the paying customers. So it's great to be a startup, but being a startup with paying customers is very, very good, yeah. And particularly big brands. And I remember there was kind of an inflection point when we signed on Afterpay, um, and I was talking to Simon, the the CEO and co-founder at the time. And I was actually, I think I was interviewing him. I was on, I was where you normally sit, um, and I was interviewing him, and he was talking about signing on Afterpay and the, the traction we'd got with the banks. And I thought, oh, this is very interesting. This this could be um, very cool, uh, all without any sales or marketing people. So. To answer your question around what growth will happen next, we've had this. Uh, we're at this fascinating point where we can look at our portfolio of customers, and we have probably signed about ten to twelve new customers a month, and we can see really clearly what segments we play really well in. And so, what's what is next is that we will really double down on those segments. And mm. you know, unsurprisingly, they're, they're key things like banking, lending, payments. Um, gaming and wagering, yeah. web three and crypto, um, self-managed super funds in Australia are certainly really interesting, insurance, wealth management. And so we can see that we've, we've actually got really strong clusters of customers yeah. in these spaces. And so we're going to get very um, focused on those because we've been very fortunate that we've been pulled into those segments. Mm. And now we know which segments we have a real value add for. Um we're certainly pushing globally as well. We're looking to pick up, I think the rule of thumb is that you should have 10% of your revenue being derived from a a country before you move into that country. And so, we're, pr- we're, or- we're already um, certainly playing in Asia, and I could see us setting up an office in Singapore pretty quickly. We're very close to first boots, first shoes on the ground. I shouldn't call them boots, they might be heels. They're actually likely to be heels on yeah. the ground in the US. And um, we're being. Put- My wife wears boots. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, I wear cons, so it'd be the first. Right, there you the go, ground.
0: cons on the ground. <laughs>
1: um, gender neutral. And so, first cons on the ground in the US, and we're about to close a a couple of significant customers in, um, Germany actually, which will pull us into Europe. So a much more, uh, targeted approach into those key verticals where we think Mm. we've got a really strong customer proposition because our customers are thriving um, with us.
0: So we've talked a lot about one of the two key challenges for every single FinTech, you know, one is to get customers. The other is the higher talent.
1: Certainly, um, Frankie has some really great investors. I mean, Airtree and Greycroft, our key investors, mm. really are, are exceptional from the amount of support they give to the business. And uh, I do think that the, the the a couple of the key indicators of paying customers, but also that pull into these customers without having to have a, a sales team just shows mm. how beautiful the product is. Like there, yeah. the, there is the capability and the product and the beauty of the product are, are very, very strong. And I love that about Frankie. So yeah. um, it is a war for talent. And certainly I have found that trying to hire in um, a sales and marketing team. And I actually, I mean, I think that that's a wonderful thing for people who have made their careers in software. Yeah. And we do something kind of special at Frankie. We recognize that, you know, not dissimilar to Amazon, we want people who are great problem solvers because not Mm. everyone's going to know the right way and different problems, like we live in chaos, you know, and I love that. I love the chaos. I love the ambiguity. Um, So this is the perfect place for me, but um, we want to hire people who are good problem solvers and they won't necessarily come from a linear career path. And they also won't necessarily want to do the same job for two years. So we have a group at Frankie called Frankie X and uh, Frankie X is a group of like very capable generalists that we can then point at problems in the business. (coughs) And it's, we're about 80 people now and growing very quickly. Um, But even at 80 people, it's a real luxury to have the acknowledgement that we just want to bring great talent into the business. And that great talent will solve any of the problems that we have and will become um, you know, really valuable tenured staff members yeah. um, and team members going forward. There are a handful of parents in the business, um, but certainly not everyone. I, there's a lot of dog parents in the business, I would say, but COVID's changed, changed everything. And so we have to be thoughtful about how we support people in their personal life requirements and build a strong culture. And those two things, they are are not mutually exclusive. You can do both, but you have to be deliberate about it. And so we have a great office environment because um, we come in Wednesdays and Fridays. And so we know everyone's in on those days. That works really well for us. We have lunch together. Um, We're still of a size where we can you know, do fun offsites and and um, and travel, and I think that's really important to build relationships. But you we you just have to be deliberate about doing both because I think in a war for talent, you have to be flexible um, with people's individual requirements, and you have to be focused on building. A really engaged culture because culture can drive performance without having to have deep process. And certainly, um, you know, we are we've been really deliberate about our culture. We've got cultural values that we've set. We hire on culture, um, we reward on culture, we make decisions based on our culture, we talk about things based on our cultural values and so we're, we're quite fortunate again I guess that we've made that decision early and that we're building up our culture to be some of the mesh that holds us together
0: awesome now uh, we're coming to a close but before we kind of give you the the platform to um ask people why or tell people why they should vote for Frankie won when when the team looks back over this last 12 months what are you proud to have achieved together Tony
1: oh what a great question um I, the last 12 months, I think from a personal perspective, our major headquarters is in Victoria and I think Melbourne got hit hardest in COVID. And so I think building and growing a business in COVID and then and then recovering from the emotional and, in some ways, financial wounds that have that have remained from the heavy lockdowns in Victoria, um, I think is really important. Being able to adapt to a new way of working um, and maintaining a vibrant culture is really important. Um, and I would just say some of the key customer wins that we've had have been so um, overwhelming. And there's a few that we'll be able to talk about pretty soon, but that are actually live on the platform, but some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, in the e-commerce space, in the gaming and wagering space uh, and in the crypto exchange space. I mean, I'm really buoyed by the way our customers value what we do and the fact that we Mm. can add so much value to their business, uh, I just think speaks volumes. So I would say people, our ability to adapt to change and just the business success that really, that just... um, I guess reinforces what our firm belief was at the beginning of the journey, which was that we were solving a real business problem. I mm. do think we're solving a real business problem, which is uh, very validating. So I think that's great.
0: Brilliant. Well, this is your opportunity. Um, why should people or why should people vote for Frankie Wan as this year's fintech of the year at the People's Choice Award?
1: oh, I should have prepared for this. So Dexter, I mean, we're really humbled to even be considered um, for people's choice. I think why people should vote for us, we're playing a really critical role in the fintech ecosystem, Providing infrastructure that helps um, businesses get to value more quickly. And a lot of our customers are commercial organisations, but a bunch of them are actually doing social good as well. So, Grameen Australia are a business that use Frankie to be able to offer microloans to women to help drag them out of poverty. I think that's really important work, and we're able to be the infrastructure that helps them do that. So, the fact that we can accelerate others' uh, time to value, I think, is important. I certainly, when I joined, I uh, have a deep conviction that Frankie is likely to be Australia's next unicorn, and I'm really proud to be part of a business that will is set up to scale internationally from day one and has the. Opportunity to put Australia on the map, along with some of our great international successes like your Atlassians and Canvas. I think Frankie could be there. Uh, And, you know, finally, I think the work we're doing brings the community together from the top end of town through to the startups, because we work with everyone in that space. And so rather than have, you know, rather than have competition between startups and, and the, the larger uh, banks and, and incumbent institutions, we work with everyone. And so we hope that we can bring all of that together.
0: Awesome. Well, congrats to everybody at Frankie One for making the finals and good luck on the night, Tony.
1: Thank you so much, Dexter.
0: The People's Choice Award is brought to you by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. We'll help you launch, scale, and innovate by finding world-class people.